I am with Ana Castillo, a poet and author of My Book of the Dead. Uh, Ana is an author of poetry, fiction, nonfiction, and drama. Among her uh, books, So Far From God, uh, a novel, uh, and a variety of others. Do you want to speak about some of the uh, work that you're particularly fond of to talk about? You know, good morning. I, I do feel like uh, uh, a mother with many children, and it's I'm very hesitant to say which are my favorites. But I will say uh, my very first novel um, is... Is uh, which is still in print with Doubleday. It's called The Miskiwala Letters. Um, uh, was my transition from poetry to uh, to prose. I'm a self-taught writer, and so as I thought about uh, moving from poetry after writing um, that genre for many years, um, I uh, ventured into this novel. It's an epistolary novel. My third novel that you mentioned, So Far From God, um, was my crossover uh, book uh, and is my most popular book. Um, I've done uh, a novel in verse, Watercolor Women, Opaque Men, which is now with the university, uh, with Northwestern University Press. This most recent book um, is with the University of New Mexico Press. They also have another book, which is my only book of critical um, essays called Massacre of the Dreamers, which had its 20th anniversary edition um, a few years ago. And my last book, which I mentioned because it's a different genre from these, A Departure, uh, was with the feminist press. Uh, it's called Black Dove, Mama, Mijo, and Me. And uh, those were personal essays and memoir um, about my mother, myself, and um, and raising my son. Very good. Now, Anna, having uh, looked through your book and, and read a number of uh, the poems and other uh, writings, I, I think of the comment that poetry is often about truth, and every true story ends in death. With regard to your book, was there a motivation from this uh, terrible history of uh, gun violence in the world and particularly in the United States? Well, I, 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 began, um, I began the project of writing a new collection of poems in 2012, and I had it in my mind. And I'm not exactly sure where I got this, this speaking of truisms, this, this, uh, this idea that it would take, that it takes me 10 years to write a solid collection of poetry. And, um, and, and in fact, it ended up being close to that because it's now 2021. But um, when I began to work on the poems, um, I didn't have a, a specific theme in mind. It's 2012. In my personal life, you know, things were going on that might fit in this theme. In my own uh, consciousness, uh, my own awareness, my own political awareness, we could say I, I could easily have fallen and moved in that direction. 
Um, so there are a couple of poems from um, 2012, 2013, 14, 15. After 2016, uh, the poems take a very particular direction, which had to do with the previous administration. Also with the dealings of, of uh, uh, migration from the South to, to um, um, the side of the border and um, uh, the prevalence of gun violence and random uh, massacre killings, as well as um, the, uh, the catastrophes that we are all experiencing due to climate change. And then finally, just before this uh, book comes out, we have the pandemic. And so I think that it's a very, it became very appropriate to, to think of this book in terms of, um, of uh, mortality. And the title poem, My Book of the Dead, uh, pays tribute to my ancestors south of the border, uh, pre-conquest uh, beliefs. Um, and also, I hope, offering some hope to those of us who are survivors. Now, the the collection that you have here in my book of the dead is very broad and uh, ranges through a variety of topics. And at one point you have several pages uh, enumerating the dates and the number of victims in mass shootings uh, of the last decades. Uh, then you follow that up with uh, some pointed uh, words, poetry, um, you also have uh, references to, uh, uh, I think, things that would relate to people who are familiar with the Black Lives Matter movement, the protests of recent years, the the murder of uh, George Floyd. Uh, is there any particular piece that you might like to read uh, while we're here today that uh, you think might be of particular merit. I'd be happy to um, to read the leading poem, the first poem in the book. It was written in 2015, um, and it was uh, in tribute to uh, a favorite poet of mine, John Trudell, uh, upon his passing. Um, I, I used it as the leading poem because I do feel it was almost, it's almost a, a a premonition of what's to come, although we were already experiencing these things. The thing about poets is that we're not we're not psychics or fortune tellers. We keep our ear to the ground, and the the nature of the genre uh, poetry um, uh, forces us, if you will, if we're going to be good poets, if we're going to be honest poets, to uh, speak the unspoken. Um, this is why, historically speaking, I think that poets and teachers and leaders are usually the first to be put against the wall by the by the uh, incoming government. And um, I was a very fond, as I said, of 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 his of his poetry, but also I admired uh, John Trudell's um, dedication to what he believed was justice uh, for, for his people. And they're also my people. He was a Chicano Native American. And um, 
so I, I remember writing this on a night um, in my home in southern New Mexico. It was a, there was a, a wonderful thunderstorm outside, and I was alone with my with my dogs and um, thinking about all of these things. And so anyway, it's called A Storm Upon Us. A storm is coming. It is on the horizon. It has traveled far, fast, wide, and taken much in tow. The storm, infused with lies and nitrogen, water, air, ground, infused, our fruits and animals infused, our minds infused with lies and nitrogen. We're dumbstruck. Believe ourselves smart when we are instead confused. The tricksters counted on our being unawares. They knew our selfishness, greed, most of all fears. The storm approaches. Can you hear it? 999 hoof-like vibrations beat against our eardrums and we remain indifferent. We have our things gathered. Our children seem fine. We always rebound. The storm comes and goes, returns. Next time, harder. We don't even bother with shelters. We give it new names each time. Further fire and rain we mourn. We start again. It could have been you or me, we say, dying in public beneath a baton's blows, falling and the spray of a sniper's bullets. But it wasn't. We go on. Disaster has happened to someone else. We venture out and buy more. We take more, we discard, we pillage the earth. The storms take sinister forms, go by isms, neo and post hyphenations. Be afraid, leaders of the faceless enemy warn. Beware, be aware. When you travel, we cannot protect you. We will be vigilant of your whereabouts, our Watchful eye will know your life. Long lines to survive, much less thrive, lie before you. You'll feel shame like a naked dreams, but worse because we in fact are watching you. We will make sure you don't question. And when the storm is upon you, when it has destroyed your homes and your children are not fine, and your dreams of golden roses and bright days are nowhere but in the pages of a storybook. We will be content in our heavens, eating peeled grapes, zipping fine wines from our vineyards of abundance, sitting on our thrones, new gods. We'll smile down upon you, our creation of ruin, pick our teeth with your bones. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> the The storm of humanity has so severely impacted uh, the biome. We're now in the what's called the sixth extinction, and uh, for me, that uh, that poem speaks dramatically to that. 
You know, um, as I said, I, I wrote it on, uh, on the occasion of John Trudell's death and his life as, as one individual among so many and countless of people who have fought for social justice is so representative of the sacrifices that we must make if we truly believe in the things that we say we believe in. Um, and the poem, uh, you know, the poem sounds as if I'm accusing other people, as if I'm sitting on a, on a you know, a, 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 a mountain or, or a pedestal looking down on people who, who contradict themselves or who don't always uh, uh, walk their talk. But it's not. I'm really talking to all of us. All of us have to do what we can if we do want to steer the ship around. And the ship, of course, being our planet, our country, our, our lives, our homes. Um, so uh, it's also a message about it's never too late to start doing it. Uh, many uh, poets who have also uh, been novelists will include poetry within the novel. Do you, do you find that that is something that you're drawn to as well? Well, I am, um, as I mentioned uh, earlier, I, I started out with the conviction that poetry would be my, my genre. Um, I was a, a young woman in, in just starting college. I majored in other things in my education. I didn't study writing. It was, it was what I was doing as an activist. Um, by the time I was, um, and you know, I didn't go straight into graduate school, but by the time I was in graduate school, studying other things, as I've said, um, I realized that not everybody reads poetry, not everybody's interested in poetry. And I transitioned into prose writing. In my first novel, The Miskiwala Letters, in order not to intimidate myself that I was now going from the left margin to the right margin and, and filling in all the things that we may not always do in poetry, I did allow myself to, uh, to break into a free form verse or to feel free to write the way that I had uh, taught myself to do in free form verse. Uh, but in my subsequent novels, I have moved on to prose writing, as well as in, very importantly, uh, journalism that I've done and um, critical essays, which was a whole different, uh, a whole different direction for me in terms of writing. Um, so I, I've, I've done all of it um, for many decades now, all with the purpose and the intent of speaking to new audiences. Um, that, you know, that I want uh, to share my message and my messages with. Um, and the message is, is very familiar. It, it speaks from the voice of a, of a woman of color in, in the belly of the beast in the United States, born and raised here, um, who, whose uh, demographic has often been um, underrepresented or not represented at all. Um, it's not a message that is exclusive about uh, where I come from. It's a message from, as I just said, uh, an individual whom you often don't hear from. So I may be talking about the pandemic or the past administration or 
uh, about uh, uh, global climate change, but it's coming from my perspective, which is one, as I said, to this day is still uh, underrepresented. And um, while I am a US citizen uh, and live in the United States, um, and many people might think that I have all the privileges and representation of an American citizen, we don't often feel um, that we are fully represented. And so it's been, a, it's been my objective and my purpose to give voice to that. Unfortunately, uh, bigotry, racism, uh, they have been with us uh, for as long as humanity has existed. Well, I think that, um, uh, I don't know that, you know, since humanity existed, we would have defined it as bigotry, but definitely there is a um, proven uh, argument for power and um and greed in um, terms of humanity, which is why we, how we explain patriarchy. Um, and patriarchy also existed um, in Mexico at the time of the conquest, um, you know, there's, it's definitely there. So, um, so that's one of the many layers that, um, that women of color from, you know, certain backgrounds and, and, uh, uh, and economic backgrounds um, have had to um, uh, uh, battle against and still do. Uh, and we don't all share the same philosophies, the same strategies, which makes it that much more complicated. Um, many, many, many uh, uh, want to get in on it, on, on, um, on, on capitalist opportunity. Um, in my generation, which was the 70s uh, opportunistic was um, was a, was kind of a negative thing for activists, and today opportunities is a very positive word. So, uh, so you know, it's it's um, there's a lot of reasons and a lot of angles that we can look at uh, to try to understand why we are where we are. I think uh, that having your voice and the voice of historically disenfranchised uh, writers is absolutely critical to the discussion going on right now with regard to uh, topics such as domestic violence, such as gun violence, such as missing and murdered indigenous Latino and uh, minority women across the world. Uh, this is not a new thing, but to speak up against it, I think, is something that has become much more prominent. Well, I think that's, we're seeing that um, today in 2021, because uh, sometimes things have to get so bad um, that it creates, uh, that it creates this, uh, this rise of, of activism. And it did certainly last year um, with the uh, Black Lives Matter movement, for example, and just before that, we were hearing of the Me Too movement. There are predecessors for that, of course, but um, you know that allows uh, a, um, a a an opportunity for younger generations to to have a voice. I hope it continues. I hope we're not thinking we're out of we're we're in the clear, 
at this point so that um, so that we continue to to speak out. But, um, you know, we sometimes think that numbers is what makes the difference. And it's not numbers. It really does take courage for people because it's really the people that are in power. And as we know, there are very few that are in power, really in power, uh, really that affect um, all of us in this world. Uh, so we are dispensable and women of color, in particular, women of color from uh, uh, marginalized families and communities are the, the most the uh, dispensable in terms of the, uh, the system that we live in. And that's why we don't hear about it. Uh, we hear about the numbers of them that disappear or are murdered, but we don't hear individual cases as, as we might do, um, you know, for, for someone who, who has more representation. Anna, would you say that the arts can have an important role in motivating or reflecting political action? Well, we definitely have seen that historically um, in so many ways. Music has sounded off uh, revolutions, uh, uh, certain um, symbols and um, we see them now, we see the, the red hand for the indigenous women that are, are missing. We begin to identify with those. Those are, are symbols and, and triggers for us. Um, and it's also why um, artists suffer so much under repressive uh, governments because they are uh, being censored and silenced. There is a place for it in as much as in this country, it's not valued, um, it, it hasn't been valued um, as a, a, a revolutionary tool. So when we hear uh, in, a, in a more repressive uh, government, we begin to hear of certain artists, we see how they, their, their uh, work has now been compromised. And we see that in this country, you know, uh, in, in, this, in the books that are issued in, in uh, elementary schools and high schools, um, uh, when an artist, um, I'll use an example, somebody who's become very popular uh, today, Basquiat, the young man who um, rose up in the, uh, in the 80s and was the, uh, uh, taken in by Warhol and promoted and so forth. I don't think he saw himself as a compromising individual whatsoever, but he's been bought up. And as he's bought up and you see him on t-shirts and on all kinds of brands and people don't even know what, you know, his crown symbol may have re uh, reflective. Now he's no longer threatening. He's become harmless. So, so yes, we, we can never say um, that art is not in some way a tool to, to revolutionize our society uh, in any form and or any genre, but we have to be very careful in how it's used and how it's appropriated. If I might uh, shift gears and talk a bit about your craft, Anna, uh, uh, I, I would assume that there is a different process with regard to your poetry and your novels, for example. When you're approaching poetry, um, is there any thought uh, ever of... Uh, outlining where you want to go with the poem or is it very freeform? 
Well, it is definitely free form and it's led by a really wonderful first line um, that's mixed with that emotion and that moment of illumination that we feel when we have it. It's so important to write it down and see where it goes. But um, lest I would sound as if I just go with something and there you have it and it, and it goes into a book, you know, I write it down, I see where it's gonna go, but just like with, with a novel or a longer piece, I do take time to, um, to reflect upon it. Um, I often go back time and time again and see what I could do with it, how I can tweak it, whether it should be longer or shorter. Um, uh, I have seven poems in this book that are in Spanish. Um, I, I chose a long time ago to write in English. As I said, I'm, um, I'm, I live in the United States, I publish here. Uh, I might decide to change the language. Uh, so all of that comes later, but, um, but it's a very different approach than I would do with, with fiction and nonfiction. I used to wonder about um, people that would say that they would never start a novel or a story without knowing the end uh, and would do outlines because it's, it's very hard for me because I always let my, uh, my narrators or my characters uh, tell me what's next. But I'm beginning, as I get older, I'm beginning to appreciate that because this kind of free form uh, fall, if you will, sometimes is, uh, is challenging and, and intimidating and, and scary. Um, so I, I could understand if someone said, um, I sat down and wrote an outline of where this poem was going to go. Um, most of my poems are not that long. Uh, so um, I don't see an outline. But I will say that if, if after several tries and, and it's not meeting my criteria in terms of craft and message, I did, um, I did do, you know, uh, brutal cutaways and, and didn't include them. Uh, with regard to novels, uh, you um, obviously have done critical writing as well. Um, do you sometimes combine some aspects of your critical writing in your work on novels or poetry for that matter? I, um, as I mentioned earlier, I wrote poetry for a very long time. I, I seem to recall I wrote very with great um, dedication for about eight years. And when I realized that, you know, not everybody was um, as enamored with the genre as I was and began to write in other uh, genres um, from fiction, short fiction, longer fiction to nonfiction to critical essays. Um, I do, when I become very passionate about a subject, I do tend to bring it out in different, um, in different genres. Um, I will give you uh, quickly an example. My critical essays, Massacre of the Dreamers, took me years. And this was before the, the internet. So I had to go to different libraries and travel around trying to find uh, you know, re doing my research and, 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 and find ver um, um, information that would, you know, uh, validate uh, my direction. Um, then I wrote a novel called So Far From God, like in the midst of it, which took six months. 
Um, and then the, the, the novel came out first and, and, and uh, uh, the, the, the book Massacre, Massacre of the Dreamers came out afterwards. But um, if someone was going to put the two books side by side, they could see that the message was very similar, although told in very different ways. Um, years later, many years later, I did uh, an updated version of Massacre of the Dreamers for the 20th anniversary edition. And the same thing, something similar happened, which is like right in the middle of it, I, I wrote a novel called Give It To Me. Um, and uh, in, in fiction, you, if you read very closely, you, can, you could see the message resonating. And again, um, it's a message that's coming from a woman of color in the United States in her times, speaking, um, as they say, her truth from her perspective. So I do think that that's, that's, my, that's my personal agenda, my objective for writing. I love literature. Um, I fell in love with reading as a child, as a young woman, but I did not see the perspective from a woman that was living in this country, um, my, my experiences, my mother's experiences, my older sisters, my aunts. And that was important for me to put that in, in writing and in print. Anna, there is one piece I'm wondering if uh, I might convince you to read from the book. Uh, this is my request. And the reason I think is that as I was reading this poem, I was thinking about the comment uh, that history is written by the victors or the oppressors. And the poem is How to Tell You Are Living Under Rising Fascism, a Basic Primer in Progress. And I wondered if you might be willing to share that with us. Um, sure, I'll, I'll, I have to find the, uh, oh, here it is. Okay, I've got it. Uh, I don't feel that I, just, just between us and your listeners, I don't feel that I uh, finished this poem completely because I did start to write it early on in the past administrations, beginning of that administration, um, very early on. Um, and I think there were many more examples that I could have added later on. But anyway, here it's called How to Tell You Are Living Under Rising Fascism, A Basic Primer in Progress. Protests are called riots. Torture gets a thumbs up by the president. First, journalists are discredited, then disappeared. Something similar but under the radar happens with the elderly, children of the working poor, and immigrants, or anyone perceived to be foreign. Women in their own category are valued most for their blonde looks. Others garnish favor if they hold with the party. The rest are dispensable. History books are revised. Current events twisted. The future does not exist. Instead, it is reported before it happens. Military parades, police are praised for keeping tight reins. 
a pound on the door at night by ice, raids in factories and restaurants, trailer parks and hotel kitchens, detention centers explode with detainees, arts appropriated, science denied. Watch what you say, what you post, where you go on foot or with passport, rest assured someone is taking note. Very chilling. Ana, we are uh, soon going to be uh, observing Dia de los Muertos, and I wondered if you could comment on any uh, relation between this latest book, My Book of the Dead, and your experience of uh, remembering those who have passed. I am a great observer of this uh, of this pre-Columbian tradition that was adopted um, in uh, Spanish-dominated uh, um, countries. And now we are aware of it. The title uh, poem, My Book of the Dead, um, refers to um, the uh, pre-conquest beliefs of the afterlife. Um, the afterlife for my ancestors was not you die and because you were somebody's grandma, you go straight up to heaven. Um, and, and as we, we seem to, to, um, to, to want to believe these days, and with this pandemic, I, I understand um, why people have to create these stories in their heads, for, you know, for people that they love. But my ancestors were, were uh, pretty strategic. And... They believe that you went through um, nine different hells, which represents each each month uh, that you were in incubation in your mother's womb before you reach eternal paradise. And you have to fight and be, you know, like uh, uh, like the Greeks uh, believing in in, um, in 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 fights and battles against. Um, demons and dragons, and I, I write about this in my book of the dead. I think after what we've been through, um, especially with the pandemic, but also with uh, climate change, I don't think there's anyone in this country or in this world that this forthcoming Day of the Dead um, commemoration has not experienced grief and loss. And I welcome everyone. and. You don't have to be Mexican, Mexican descendant to observe this. Um, take a, a moment uh, with a candle or incense, a photograph. It, it just takes a moment of commemoration. You can go visit if you have the privilege to go to the cemetery where your, um, your be beloved uh, who have passed on are. Uh, take some flowers. It's up to you. You don't have to pray if you don't believe in prayer. You can just sit quietly or meditate and observe the struggles that we are all in. Um, in my book of the dead, um, I acknowledge gun violence and detention centers and global climate change and personal deaths. I experience them I, I, as I mentioned, I think all of us have somebody 
Uh, a week today doesn't go by where I don't know someone who isn't losing somebody. Um, and we're living in these times and we can, we can uh, join hands, if you will, and, and, uh, and, and um, acknowledge them and honor them and also honor our, our own struggles. Where they lie, we will also be um, sometime. Uh, and uh, our children and grandchildren have to take up the torch. And so I, I hope that my Book of the Dead, in acknowledging this, also acknowledges the strength and the courage of, of those who are surviving and are uh, fighting uh, every day. And we don't have to fight everything. It's too much. But you can take up something. You can write a letter to, to your senators. You can write a letter to your local office. You can go um, on a day of protest and, and do that. You can decide that your social media isn't just only about posting the triumphs of everyday life and, and your personal life or pictures of your pet, which I do sometimes, or, uh, or yourself on vacation, but also things that matter to you. And little by little, everything that we do will reach somebody. And so that's what I hope my book of the dead does. It's a, it's a book of the times, of the moment. Um, and we can't individually, you know, you know, uh, just snap our fingers and make everything okay. But, but one by one, we can reach out to uh, a particular community that's important to you to help them, to let them know that you're there and um, and we're fighting the fight together. Thank you, Anna. We should mention that my book of the dead, the collection of stories, uh, poetry, and more from Anna Castillo, uh, is available from uh, UNM Press, and you can find it, I assume, on Amazon.com and in the diminishing number of bookstores in the in the the area. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I I uh, I want to give a, a special thumbs up to the indie bookstores, uh, a, a seminary seminary co-op bookstores is carrying the book. Yes, Amazon does have it, but I think it's everywhere right now. But I um, especially want to encourage your listeners to support their local indie bookstores. Now, with the pandemic, obviously things have been a little um, subdued in the last year and a half, but uh, has there been any discussion of a future book signing event? I, I did one in-life, in-person um, book signing events um, at the Women and Children First Bookstore in my hometown of Chicago. Um, what I am doing, and I'm glad you mentioned this, is I am on social media, and there's also my website, anagastillo.net. Uh, if you send me a message uh, and you've ordered my book, we are, we are sending out book plates with a personal dedication. And so I'm very happy to do that from my home, sign a, sign a dedication to you that you can place inside your, your uh, copy at home. Uh, bookstores right now are doing that. I've, I've signed books for the Miami Book Fair, for the bookstore that's involved with them. But because of the pandemic and, you know, uh, obviously understandable precautions, we're not doing very many uh, in-person signings. 
Anna, as we begin to wrap up, uh, I wondered if you might have anything that you'd like to add that uh, comes directly from you know your writing, your experience, something that you think the listeners would like to hear from you. Well, I have I've been at this for a very long time, um, more than four decades. Uh, my Book of the Dead includes some very modest um, line drawings that I did. My first love was, um, I actually thought I would be a, a visual artist. And I went back to that when, when I was so overwhelmed. And I, I think I don't know anybody who wasn't overwhelmed in the last few years for one reason or another. Um, I found a different uh, way to express my creativity and my um, and my communicate and, and my communication of what was going on in my head. So I, I'd like to share that with with your readers that if those who are uh, who are closeted poets and aspiring writers and novelists, um, not to be afraid of the silences. You will do, um, uh, you will continue to create a different way, give it some time, uh, appreciate the different ways that you uh, experience life. And in time, you'll get back to your writing. And I, I went back to it with the poems. And now I'm very, very happy to announce that I'm almost finished with a, a collection of short stories. And I've, I've pulled out a, a novel that I started in 2015, which will be out in the years to come. Uh, I'm back to my writing, um, uh, but uh, I don't regret the many years of, of mostly silence writing some poems. Uh, I have uh, hundreds of drawings and there are wonderful uh, documentation of to me, what what my personal life and and what was was going through, and also what the world was going through. So we we can't always say, say well, today I I I can't write, and what's going to happen? And I I used to write every day, and there's pressure on me. Um, we're living our lives, and every day is an expression of living that life, whether it's swimming, gardening, uh, going to work, teaching. All of it is part of our interaction with this planet and with this world. Anna, before we uh, leave for the day, would you be interested in selecting one more piece from your book to read to our listeners? Um, I'll, I'll share a, a short poem. Um, I was uh, my only uh, in-person appearance um, with the promotion of this book was at Dominican University where I was an endowed chair and um, some years ago, and a, a young freshman student came to me and she, she pointed out this poem and she said, my mom always says this and I didn't understand what she meant. And now I understand what she means when she says, everybody wants everything from me. It's a poem called, everybody wanted everything. Everybody wanted everything from her. Everybody wanted everything but what exactly was everything she couldn't give what she hadn't anyone might get this or the other a few nothing no one could have it all she'd be wrong 
poured out to the last drop, a worn threadbare rag, then what would be left? No one would get everything. She'd keep a reservoir, feelings, memories, contemplations, what might lie ahead to push on, pull through, hurdle, and endure. No one would take her from her. I've been speaking with Ana Castillo, author, poet, latest publication, My Book of the Dead, collection of poems and more. Ana, it's been a pleasure. For me too. Thank you so much.